Mate, did we watch a thing this week? Yeah, we did. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another thrilling, gripping, amazing edition of We Watched a Thing. I prefer to under-promise and over-deliver, Billy. Okay, all right, let's try that again. Hello, everybody. Welcome, dear listeners, to We Watched a Thing. My name is Billy. I'm joined, as always, by my good friend Tova. Tova, how are you doing this morning? Oh, I like that. Yeah, going for some AM vibes. But exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the soothing AM tones of my childhood. I know. We should get some callers in to talk about the local council. <laughs> <laughs> But how have you been, buddy? Oh, really concerned about the local hall. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, but we're not Um, actually here to talk about the council this week. What are we talking about? I mean, as you know, to your first question, I've not been good. No, no. You've been off work for like three days and I've had to do all of your heavy lifting. (laughs) I'm a wreck of a human. (laughs) You broke your back again, buddy. Pretty much. Yeah, I mean- That just tends to happen when you reach our age and (laughs) carry equipment around. I mean, started happening to me when I was 19, but whatever. (laughs) Um, But we're not here to talk about local councils. We're not here to talk about our failing bodies. No. We are here to have a spoiler-riddled chat. Yes. (laughs) About Spider-Man Far From Home. Yes. Which is the 23rd film... In the Marvel Cinematic Universe, the direct follow-up to, of course, Endgame, which was a giant success, but still didn't beat Avatar. Well, until they re-release it in a really, to be honest, petty No, way. so they've done that and they didn't make very much at all from it. Did That's you hilarious. hear what the extra scene they added was? No, I don't know. It was an unfinished scene. Uh, spoilers for everyone who actually cares about this. It was an unfinished scene of the Hulk saving some people. And when I say unfinished, I mean the CGI wasn't done. It was a seven-minute scene of him saving some people, and it was- he looks like a- he looks like a PS2 game, like it's real bad. Good. Good. Because it was- it was petty. You didn't get there. Deal with it. But also, like, Disney, you own everything now anyway. Yeah. Avatar is now a Disney it's property. It's yours. Why do you care? <laughs> like, I, yeah, I think that- Dances with Smurfs being the number one is silly as well. But you know what? You didn't get there. Deal with it. So, Spider-Man Far From Home, the 23rd film in the MCU, is the sequel, of course, to Spider-Man Homecoming and, as we mentioned, Endgame. It's directed by John Watson. It's written by Chris McKenna and Eric Summers. And it stars, of course, Tom Holland as Peter Parker Spider-Man, Samuel L. Jackson, Zendaya, Kobe Smulders, Jean Favreau, J.B. Smoove, Jacob Blatton, Martin Starr, Marissa Tomei, and Jake Gyllenhaal as Mysterio. Let's talk about it, buddy. Sure. Your thoughts, straight up. Straight up? Straight up. Just hit me with it. I've been waiting to hear. Definitely an MCU film. (laughs) It's okay. Yeah, it's totally fine. (laughs) I'm disappointed because I know you didn't feel this way, but I really, really enjoyed Homecoming. I think Homecoming is top five MCU for me. I think it's one of the strongest. This is, it's pretty middling. I'd say it would be in the top 15, but out of 23 films, I mean. So you're saying it's bottom eight? Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) Like, it's- it's totally fine, but it could have been better than it is, I think. I, I think for me, it's probably a, a totally middling MCU film. Did I have enough fun in the cinema? Yes, I did. Yeah. Will I ever think of it again? <laughs> no. Because at this point, my, you know, my interest level and my care factor, general commitment to the MCU is pretty similar to Gwyneth Faltrow's. 
<laughs> Who, did you did you hear about this one? She was something came up about Spider Man Homecoming. Yeah, and she was like, "I wasn't in that movie." <laughs> like, no, no, you were. She's like, "No, no, no, I was in, I was in the Avengers one, but not Spider Man." They're like, "No, no, you were in Spider Man." Like she, she's like, "Whatever." That's pretty got funny. Got to check. <laughs> that almost makes me not completely hate her, but I still do. <laughs> I'm no, I'm total. I'm t- I'm Team Gwyneth. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm there. I'm here for Gwyn. You're going to go buy some crystals to shove up your sniz? <laughs> if that's where they go. <laughs> um, to start the film happily, we get one of our previously on the MCU sequences. Yeah. At least, but it, like, at least it's fun. That little, the news report that the, that the teenagers I mean, do. It was kind of fun, but at the same time, if they're pretending, look- they're pretending that these deaths are huge and stuff, and yet this is our first kind of reintroduction to them, and they're so lighthearted and silly that it didn't mesh for me that opening bit. I suppose I don't care because this isn't, it's not DiCaprio at the end of The Departed. It's a couple of cartoon characters that yeah, I'm not going to see again, but who cares because I've got seven other movies with them in it. But also, can we just talk for a second about, to me, this one ties in. Way too much to the. If I heard Tony Stark's name one more time in this film, I was going to flip. <laughs> so for me, one of the issues with Homecoming is that, and they keep referencing like the training wheels thing in that film. Yeah, and that's really to me what it felt like. Tony Stark looms large over that film, and now that he's gone, he still looms large over this film. Yeah, this the like I reckon that they say Tony Stark's or Iron Man's name more than they even say Spider Man's. Certainly more than they say Mysterio. In yeah, this film. it's like they told us once that he picked you. Yeah, you're you're our guy now. You only needed to say it once. Yeah, not by the seventeenth time. Where it's like we know. Yeah, we get it. Buddy. <laughs> we get it. <laughs> we get it. <laughs> but I still liked our. I still liked our previously on the MCU, particularly the low-res image of Vision. That just cracked me up. That was good. Yeah, the really bad green screening I found very funny. I loved it. Yeah. It was like being at work. (laughs) (laughs) And they used Comic Sans. Yeah. It's great. (laughs) Yeah, that was funny. And that's one of the things that I think is the strongest, and that's what I liked most about Homecoming as well, was the the kind of high school elements. Like, Homecoming really was, um, it was like a John Hughes kind of homage. Hmm, I've never heard that reference to that film before. Yes, you have. 50,000 times. times. But it really was. And this one still had elements of that, and they were the bits that I liked the best. Like, Martin Starr as the teacher is probably one of the funniest things in this film. Which teacher is he? Uh, he's the, the lead teacher. I, I liked the other guy, the guy that was like, as a man of science, <laughs> it's witches. It's witches, yeah. They were, yeah, I thought the humour in this film was really strong. It was, you know- I really like Ned as well, and the whole thing with Ned getting his girlfriend was very funny, Mm. because who hasn't been there? Me. (laughs) Uh, Australian girlfriend. Yeah, I recognised her from uh, Ladies in Black. Oh, okay. Little known Australian film from last year, I think it was. I recognised her as being Ryan Gosling's daughter in The Good Guys. The Good Guys? What was the Shane Black film? Oh, The Nice Guys. Nice Guys, thank you. Yeah, right. It's got to be weird as a- as a teenage girl playing Ryan Gosling's daughter, because... Because <laughs> you just want to smash that. Absolutely. <laughs> anyway. I, I think she's good. Yeah, I thought the entire cast was really strong, actually. I, I really, really enjoyed Jake Gyllenhaal. I think it's a shame that he's 
character. I mean, it was. I mean, for for starters, this is the problem when you're dealing with existing characters. Is we know he's the bad guy right from the start. So there's no tension in you don't put anything into the relationship he's forming with Peter, which is a real shame because that could have been stronger. Yeah. Speaking of stronger, Jake Gyllenhaal's hairline <laughs> has not budged. <laughs> Amazing mop, Jake. I mean, how old do you reckon he is now? Oh, he's got late, his forties. I was going to say late thirties. He's a good looking dude. Oh, Jake! But he's a good looking dude Dreamy. in a not good looking way. That's what's fascinating about him. Okay, that's weird. <laughs> no, like he's he's not Leo or Brad Pitt. Like you don't look. You like you know what I mean? No, I don't. I think Jake's dreamy AF. It's like Ryan Gosling's the same. Like he's good looking, but not not in like a traditional way. No, I don't know. I'm. You've lost me. Or like Liv Tyler. Sure. Yeah. You what, know. <laughs> like, I'm, no, I mean, sure, as in I recognise that's a person. You know, like, she's very attractive, but if you passed her on the street, you wouldn't be like, oh, wow. Don't you feel the same way about Jake Gyllenhaal? If you passed him on the street, you'd be like, there's a dude. No, if I passed Jake on the street, I'd stop and be like, how is that a human? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so clearly I just have no idea what I'm saying then. <laughs> um, with, a, with, with amazing hair. <laughs> I, I'm, I find it a bit disappointing that for the second Spider-Man film in a row, the villain is a disgruntled Stark employee. Yeah. Who, let's face it, it's a pretty big leap from being I don't like my boss to I'm a terrorist. I mean, he's basically the guy at the start of Child's Play. (laughs) (laughs) He's just the Vietnamese guy who's just turning Chucky evil just because he doesn't like his boss. Yeah, you're right. That's all You're absolutely does, right. Yeah, he doesn't like Stark, so he's going to destroy half of London. Yep, there your it poor, is. Your poor brother's in London. He could be dead. 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 I'm, and I was so glad that this particular thing doesn't doesn't hold for the entire film because I am not here for the mechanical Spider-Man suit. I'm yeah. not at all. I don't rate it. I don't like it. I just want Spider-Man's thing to be his abilities. Yeah, yeah. Not the add-on crap. I don't need it. I don't want it. I don't mind the Iron Spider, but yeah, I'm glad that it wasn't that for the whole time. I I did enjoy him kind of building his own suit later on, although there was that super cheesy moment with John Favreau watching him being like, yeah, you built that suit, buddy. Oh, subtle, wasn't it? (laughs) Like, (laughs) You could have just had that one shot and dispensed with every time that they're like, you're the new Iron Man. Yeah. It's on you now. You're our guy. Yeah. They could have but, done that with one shot. In but, fact, they did do it with one shot. Yeah. But then they also told <laughs> they just, us 57,000 times. <laughs> but this is this is the thing with what the MCU is now. And this is why I don't- as, as much as some of these movies can be cheesy and, you know, not very good movies, they're still enjoyable because at the end of the day, this is now a sitcom. Like, I think of the MCU the same way I think of rewatching Friends, you know? I know Ross and Chandler and Rachel and Monica. I like them all. They're all fun to be around and you get some funny moments. That's what the MCU is to me now, you know, and just like any sitcom, you get those cheesy moments at the end of the episode where it's like, oh, yeah, you know, yeah. And the audience goes, ah, and that's that's what the MCU is now. Yeah. And, and as an episode, which this very much feels like. Yeah. It's not a bad episode, but it's not one that you're going to be like, when you rank your top five episodes, No, this one's not there. No. I do think, like, a good thing about it, I'll say, is that the story, the stakes, 
don't care about. But when it's just character stuff, the interaction between characters, for me, that's when the film is at its best. Same. That's when it works. I, I love Zendaya. I think she is brilliant in this film. The interaction between her and Peter is fantastic. Between all the students, the teachers, Nick Fury, it's great that we finally got some Robin Shabotsky. She's, she's been in the MCU like since the start. And this is by far she got the like most a, screen time she's had. She got like a fourth line. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I so yeah, I like all the characters. And I'll agree with you there one hundred percent. Because like the story, I don't care about. Yeah, and you know what? Here's my issue with the story and the stakes, and they kind of make a fun little joke about it. But honestly. <laughs> there's just no consistency with stakes in the MCU. And we've spoken about stakes heaps on this show. But the very start of this film, the elementals, the stakes are the end of the world. Why are you only calling in Spider-Man, Nick Fury? Yeah, when they... And, okay, I only watched the first post credit scene. So oh, okay. We'll talk about that later then. Yeah, so I didn't... when Because when Spider-Man's like get Captain Marvel in here. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. get Captain Marvel in here. Yeah. Like, the world's going to end. That's the thing. Mysterio seems pretty powerful, and he's straight up telling them that this thing destroyed his entire planet. Yeah. And then the way they put it when Spider-Man, quite sensibly, says get Captain Marvel is weird. Yeah. And it doesn't make any sense unless you stay for a scene that I didn't stay for. Yeah. But much as I eye roll at world-ending events- in this one, I didn't care so much because even though, yeah, okay, we think that the world's going to end, it's almost, it's completely secondary yes. to what's happening between characters. So, in this instance, I didn't mind so much. Yeah, that's totally it was, it was like the world's ending, but now back to the actual thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Weird as that Now back sounds. to Peter getting a Black Dahlia thing. and yeah. yeah, because Peter having a crush is far more important to the film yeah. than the world ending. And that's something I liked. That's something I was good with. Something else I was really good with was the visual effects in the film. And this has some great sequences. You know, like, I know that a lot of people didn't rate Doctor Strange, but I actually quite enjoyed it. And some of those trippy sequences are cool. And I loved those moments later on in the film here where Peter is kind of inside the simulation. Um, for example, the first time he's kind of trying to fight... Mysterio when he thinks it's Nick Fury and that entire sequence was brilliantly executed. I, I did find it weird towards the end of the film when he goes into blind Neo phase. And he's got his Peter Tingle on. Yep. <laughs> I've had I've had many a Peter many, Tingle. Many of them. <laughs> Firstly, I was just like, really, we're doing blind Neo? And then all, once he was, you know, inside the illusion, why is he still seeing weird illusion-y? Stuff once he's inside it. Well, because there's still holograms. When why is he seeing weird blue and not just the inverse of what you see from the outside? I guess. I don't think these holograms stack up scientifically. <laughs> is what I'm saying. Yes. I mean, I reckon you might be right. <laughs> you think it's a legitimate grievance to have against the film? But I, I was cool with the illusions and I thought it led to that. There was a really great twisty moment at the end when he's there talking to Mysterio and he thinks Mysterio is about to die and then he's about to get shot from the side and he's like, bam, Peter, Peter Tingle. Tingle. <laughs> <laughs> that was a pretty great moment. Okay. At the beginning of this film, yeah. Aunt May knows that he is Spider-Man. Did, yeah. did that happen off camera? Because I don't I, remember that. I was wondering the same thing. I don't remember that either. Now, it's entirely possible I just forgot. That's very, very possible. Yeah. But- if not, I was like, that's a big plot point to just 
have between movies. Yeah. It's also funny how they do, I mean, obviously, they have to address the snap, uh, which in this is more referred to as the blip because it's seen as them going and then returning. I mean, it's pretty convenient who was blipped and who wasn't. Yes, I mean, it was. Pe- everyone who's important to Peter seems to have blipped. Yep. Marissa Tomei don't look five years older. No. But mind you, she could- Marissa Tomei don't look five years older than 20 years ago. <laughs> no, that's, so- that's true. <laughs> but, I mean, what what are the odds that- Like, honestly, the way that this film plays it off, it seems like it was more like 80-20 got blipped and survived. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Which is the same way Endgame played it, too. Like, you're telling me that entire basketball teams got snapped? I don't think so. <laughs> so, a couple of days ago when I was laid out with a non-functioning spine- I watched all three Bourne films. Right. All three. It's like Indiana Jones. <laughs> There's three. Um, and I was while I was watching them, I was thinking how much I like the way they shoot cities in those films. Like, yes, there are establishing shots to let you know where you are and everything. Yeah. And yes, it does kind of enjoy its locations in its filming. But it does it in a really non-postcardy travel commercial kind of way. Yeah, yeah. And then- Genuinely, a day later, watching this, I was like, oh, now we're back to postcards of London. Yeah, I didn't mind that, though, because that's what this movie is. You know, like, you can almost picture the shots as being photos in a yearbook. Yeah. Like- I don't I don't necessarily disagree. I was just like, personal preference-wise. Yeah. I was like, mm, yeah, I like those Bourne films. <laughs> and then <laughs> I almost laughed out loud when, when, he, le- when he leaves the cell- in the Netherlands, and it's just this this movie set yeah. of windmills and cheese. Yeah. And I'm like, really? Yeah. Really? That's what we're doing for the Netherlands? <laughs> Jesus Christ, MCU. But it was the same at the start of the movies when, oh, we're in Mexico, here we are in the slums. <laughs> like, It's amazing that when they do go to London, they're not just drinking tea. Yeah. Yep. It's probably a deleted scene. Crumpets. Though. Crumpets and tea. <laughs> I wish they'd come to Australia at some point. That'd be interesting. Yeah. Just throwing boomerangs off the back of a kangaroo. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> As we do. Oh, totally. That's how I got to work this morning. Look, I'm going to shock you here. Should have been 90 minutes. <laughs> Get out. <laughs> part, of my, part of my issue really with the film is just that the second hour was so much stronger than the first hour for me. The movie for me didn't really start until Peter meets Mysterio. And everything before that just seemed to drag so much. Mm, I don't know if I have much of a divide between first half, first and second half. because, And I suppose this may be going back to I'm pretty unconcerned. With the story. Yeah, maybe. I was I was happy enough when we're just hanging out with the characters. Yeah. Um, plot wise and story wise, I'm not really there. I'm not really here for it in this film. <laughs> Fair enough. So <laughs> I was just like, whenever whenever there's people sharing a scene, whether it be Tom Holland, Zendaya, or he and his friends, he and the teachers, who whoever, because I think so many characters do work quite well with each other in the film. Yeah. That was when I was happy. But yeah. whether it be first half, second half of the film. Yeah, that's completely fair. I totally understand where you're coming from. So we can't talk about this film without talking about J. Jonah Jameson. Who? Mate, J. Jonah Jameson. What are we talking about? The Daily Bugle. Oh, okay. I'm with you. 
My first post credit scene. Yep. My comic tingle isn't as good as yours. <laughs> Played, of course, by J.K. Simmons. J.K. motherfucking Simmons. Which, correct me if I'm wrong, wasn't he J. Jonah Jameson in the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man? That's my recollection, yeah. Yeah. How great is that? Does that mean that we're in a Spider-Verse? Could we get Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man pop up, you know, a la Into the Spider-Verse? Could he put Rock up as like an older Peter Parker? He could be dad bod Peter Parker. That would be fantastic if that's the way this is heading. And then we get Miles Morales. Yes. Yeah. I would be really excited if that's where this goes. But it was so great to see him as J. Jonah Jameson at the end. That was amazing. I have, I, t- I have a beef with that scene. So the biggest thing that happens in this film yeah. is the reveal that Spider-Man is Peter is Parker. Peter Parker. And that's, it happens post-credits. That's the that's biggest thing beef. that happens in the film. And that happens post-credits. I mean, it's the like you said, it's not something the film is concerned with. It's the biggest thing that happens in the film if you're viewing this as a series. You know, if you're looking at how this is setting up for future and stuff, sure, that's the biggest thing. As far as the film is concerned, the biggest thing is just Peter being Peter, (laughs) you know, moving on from Tony Stark's death, hooking up with Zendaya. That's what the film is about. But then the next film doesn't get to own that moment either. But this happens all the time in the MCU, which has become an issue. There, you know, there are scenes that are quite important to Endgame that happen during the post credits of Captain Marvel. Like, yeah, it's well, not really because she was more. barely fucking in Endgame. Well, that's true. That was and that was disappointing. Disappointing. <laughs> Isn't that disappointing? It is disappointing. Come on, mate. <laughs> Get your Hercules references. Did right? you hear Kevin Sorbo being accused of being a dirty bastard? I did not. He came out having to go about, oh, you know, how can feminists get mad at blah, blah, blah. And one of his co-stars from a movie from a couple of years ago tweeted back, oh, like pretty big of someone who, you know, tried to harass me into sex and and made the directors add a needless sex scene between us when I refused. Not good. Not good. You mustn't. Anyway, what were we talking about? Post-credit scenes? Post-credit scenes. <laughs> and so then you didn't stick around for the final one. Nah. I'm assuming you Googled to see what it is, though. I was one and done. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I do know what it is. And I'm like, okay, well, that's- Maybe it played out better watching it. But yeah. when I heard about it, I was like, well, that's kind of silly. Well, I guess at least- So, for those who are listening here and haven't seen it, which in I don't know why you would, because he's getting spoiled the crap out of everything, uh, Sam Jackson and Maria Hill- um, Kobe Smulders, Robin Shabosky, whatever you want to call her, are aliens. They're Skrulls. In fact, they are the Skrulls from Captain Marvel. So, was it Mendelssohn and- Yeah. Right. So, and then they're reporting back to Nick Fury. Why? So, they haven't- So, it's not like they're stealing his identity. Um, So, I don't know. They just wanted to take Nick Fury for a spin- yeah, but it's it's really, really strange. And for me, it affects the entire movie before it. Because, sure, okay, maybe it explains why they made so many bad decisions. Maybe that explains why they didn't call in the rest of the event. And it explains the weird reaction to Captain Marvel. Yeah, but what it also does is it just, it just seems weird because they seemed quite in character for the majority of the film, I think. So, I, d- I just don't get it. <laughs> And I don't know where it's going with the rest of the MCU, which is clearly why it's there, to set up future films. But 
you know, I don't, I don't get it. I don't care for it. So, where, how did you feel about Peter's identity getting exposed, though? I know that you were crummy because it happened in the post-credits scene. Oh, it's a bummer for him. <laughs> I, th- I think that- um, I think it's cool. I think it's a good- I like when these characters have their identities exposed. <laughs> I think it adds a little bit of intrigue. And not only that, he's been exposed as a villain. So, that'll be fun to see play out. Will it play? I would- I reckon it's just like a one in two chance that by the next film it's just sorted. You reckon? <laughs> happened off screen. Well, we like still- Marissa Tomei finding out that he's Spider Man. Happened off screen. That's true. So we still don't know what the next MCU film even is, do we? No announcements for Phase Four. Yeah. You like the way they slipped Phase into this film? We're like, yeah, we get it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the ending of a phase. <sighs> yeah, we get it. <laughs> However, I can't remember exactly how they said it, but it was like, oh, come on. It's like when they say the title of a movie in the movie. Yes. (laughs) I love when that happens. I fucking hate it. (laughs) I guess we're just a few good men. (laughs) I mean, that was great. (laughs) (laughs) It's Chinatown. (laughs) That one's one's cool. I reckon I'm done. You got anything else? Uh, Close enough to done. So how are you scoring this? It's fine. Five out of ten. No, I'm a five as well. I was torn between a five and a six, but to me, the, the biggest flaw I have with this one is that it's just not a patch on the first on, on Homecoming. You, like you think of the tension built in that movie between him and, and you know the vulture, the villain, none of that exists in this film. Like, sure it has some of the same elements of fun, uh, the acting is all good, the characters are great. It's just it's just not a patch on that first one. It's got Jake Gyllenhaal's hair. Well, that bumps it up a good two points. <laughs> it's also, and I mean, this isn't the film's fault, but it exists in a year where it is so, by so far not the best Spider-Man film we've seen in the last 12 months. Yes, that's true. Because at the moment, a month doesn't go by where you don't see Spider-Man in a film. Yes. <laughs> it feels like it anyway. <laughs> yeah, but Into the Spider-Verse was really, really fucking good. Yeah, and this is- in the grand tradition of the MCU. Okay. <laughs> did you hear that Sony Animation are doing a Flash Gordon remake? I did. Yeah. I think that'll be interesting to see. Hopefully, they'll do it in a similar style to Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Yep. A queen going to do a song for it? I mean, hopefully not, because it's Adam Levine now, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> Haven't they got, like, some other person from, like, The Voice or something? Really? I don't know. I don't know. I don't even know I'm, who's on The Voice. Neither do I. I'm making this up. <laughs> but I don't think it's Adam Levine anymore. Really? I think. Oh, they, they booted him. Oh, now I, feel, now I feel bad for him. Maybe but he not booted that them. bad. Yeah. I'm sure he's fine with <laughs> being loaded and a knob. <laughs> <laughs> a loaded knob. A loaded knob. <laughs> All right. If you want to get in touch with us, you can do that at wewatchthething.com or wewatchthething at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all under the handle at wewatchthething. If you want to help support the show, you can do that at patreon.com forward slash wewatchthething. Go watch a movie. When we're under the impression... (laughs) The whole mic just collapsed. Jesus. Did you see that? I did. That was what, a, what did you do? In terms of podcasting, that was a world-ending event. <laughs> the stakes are way too high. Get Mysterio in here. <laughs> All right, that'll do.
Um, snipped. No. <laughs> what is it? Blipped. Blipped. It's not a bris. It's not a bris. <laughs>